across America and around the world. This is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Welcome to Veterans Radio. I am Jim Fawson. I'm the officer of the deck today. We've got some great programs for you. I think you'll find very interesting. We always want to remind you, you can find more about Veterans Radio at its Facebook site or by going to veteransradio.net where we're on the web 24-7. You can find a lot of our podcasts there as well. We post new ones every Tuesday, so you can get a new story, a new interview, something you didn't know before by going to veteransradio.net. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, we want to thank National Veteran Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800-693-4800 or on the web at legalhelpforveterans.com. We also want to thank our latest national sponsor, Veteran Lending Council. It is a community dedicated to educating lenders, realtors, and veterans on the VA Home Loan Benefit Program. You can check them out on Facebook and other social media outlets. We want to welcome to Veterans Radio today, Brett Fenley. Brett is a uh, Michigan Army National Guard uh, veteran, but I've got him on for his uh, civilian expertise in the insurance area. Brett, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thanks, Jim. Happy to be here. Well, let's start with this. How did a nice guy who's, uh, you know, behaving himself and not getting in too much trouble end up spending six years in the Michigan Army National Guard? Uh, well, I well, that's kind of part of it. Uh, part of it is a little uh, goofing around, not going to college, and not you know doing the right things to start. And then I thought, you know, I gotta gotta figure my my life out. And uh, my buddy had joined the National Guard, and I thought, you know what, that might sound, that sounds like the the right path for me as well so uh, i think i'll I'll, uh, I'll try it out and see how it works out well and it did work out as i said you spent six years in in the guard uh, rose to the rank of sergeant and uh, uncle sam was kind enough to send you over to a uh, overseas deployment in 2010 tell us about it yeah i did uh convoy security with the 119th out of uh, battle creek and uh uh Where's Augusta? I guess uh, we had a uh, yeah. We did convoy security. Went from uh, uh, Virginia into uh, Camp Adder or Iraq. So spent a couple of days there, and then I come back. Uh, following a couple of days later, they'd always they'd send us back, and we pick up new trucks and bring them back. So this was bouncing between Kuwait and Iraq. I take it. Yes. Yep. And and how long did you spend over there? Uh, we were there. Uh, it was a year. I was on deployment for a year. I think we were in Iraq for you know that, that nine months or whatever it is after Mob. <clears throat> Ten and, months. Yeah, and everybody says, "Oh, that was fun. I don't want, ever want to do that again." Um, <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I actually I actually volunteered to go again to Afghanistan, but uh, they they cut the mission short. So. 
no worries. But I, I actually really enjoyed the women. So. And, and after that point in time, you came back and picked up your uh, bachelor's uh, in business administration from Eastern Michigan University. And you also worked uh, in private security for a while. I did, yeah. I was a, uh, I was a private security officer for uh, the Ann Arbor EPA uh, over uh, in, uh, north side Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan. And I was their lead officer, they called. It's kind of like the head of security-ish. You, know, you run the day-to-day operations, uh, monitoring the security guards. And then uh, in 2017, I left there, went back, and uh, I ended up graduating from Eastern in 2019 with my uh, uh, bachelor's in business administration. And you transitioned into uh, insurance with uh, Farm Bureau Insurance. Tell us a little bit about that uh, transition. I was looking for a, uh, I wanted to go into sales and I like helping people. Um, So I kind of just decided, you know, this would be a good avenue for me to get to that helping people. Um, and, uh, it's something I can, it's farm Bureau is a company where we, we sit down and talk to people rather than, uh, some of your larger corporations that do insurance. Uh, we like to have that personal you know, interaction with each client. Um, so I kind of like that and I can teach people about insurance is, you know, I get opportunities like this to sit down and talk to lots of people on the radio and wherever else this will be posted at. Um, and I can, I can inform people of their best options and uh, you know, help them through the, uh, the, you know, the smaller, finer details of insurance that, that not a lot of people recognize or get into all that often. Well, many of us know we should have life insurance <laughs> and uh, don't do anything. We are not properly insured and we don't find out until it's too late. And I'm going to give you a chance to talk about that a little bit. But what caught my eye a month or so ago is that uh, VA, the Department of Veterans Affairs, is going to have a new life insurance policy for veterans, um, and it's called VA Life, and it's going to come about. Uh, it's not open uh, for enrollment yet, as I understand it. It, it comes about January first of 2023. But, but it, it, it triggered for me this whole idea that we as veterans. Uh, uh, had some insurance when we were in service. We, some of it we paid for and let lapse. Some of it uh, covered us if certain things happened. But here was a new opportunity to maybe uh, get uh, some uh, hopefully appropriate low-cost insurance. But let's back up again. What, what do you tell folks, uh, Brett, uh, when they come in and sit down with you at the Fenley Insurance Group in Ann Arbor and say, I don't know if I, you know, I don't really know if I need uh, life insurance. That's probably how the conversation starts. Most of the time, yes. Um, so the first thing we talk about is, you know, do you have children? Do you, do you have someone that relies on you? Do you it doesn't have to be children. It could be a, a niece or a nephew, or it could be a godchild or a grandchild. You know, is there someone that's going to rely on you and there's going to be trouble if you're gone early? Um, and almost always, unless they're a single person who's parents are no longer around they you know they're, they're literally the only one they know in their family and they don't have any kids um they're almost always saying oh yeah absolutely my son my daughter my nephew my grandchild my godson um you know i'm expecting to send them to college or i'm expecting you know they're i'm their parents so i'm i'm taking care of them every day so if i wasn't there someone else would have to um and then we go into um you know 
well, what, what of your, what are you leaving behind for them? Um, well, my house. I said, oh, do you own your home? No. I said, well, how much do you own your house? Well, we just bought it a couple of years ago. So I said, you probably owe almost the whole loan, right? Um, so your house isn't an asset. It's a liability that you don't own the home. So you might be able to sell it for a small profit, but it's not enough for them to live on. Um, so we go, we, we go into those little, it's those questions that people don't really think about. They think, Oh, I own my car. So well, do you own it outright? Or do you have a loan? Well, you own it with the bank. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's uh, Oh no, the people, that's a lot of people. There's that confusion or that uh, disconnect that they say, Oh, I own my home. I said, you own your home when you don't have a loan on it. You're not renting. You're correct, but you don't own the home yet because you're still paying the bank for it. Um, so that's not going to be something that's going to be there for your children to take care of or take uh, advantage of that money from you selling your house. Um, so we talk about those different little things, and then we start to get to the, the point of, you know, uh, okay, maybe life insurance is, is, a, is a good play for you right now. And then we go over the different options, the different uh, levels, different uh, medical uh, that's involved with getting life insurance, and then they make a, an informed decision uh, from there. And it's, I mean, again, this is why you talk to professionals. It can get kind of confusing. Uh, we folks don't deal with it every day, so you start throwing terms around that, that geez, I'm not sure I know exactly what that means, and that's why you talk to somebody who's an expert, and that's why we're talking to Brett. So, as I said, we saw a new uh, benefit, VA benefit, that was going to come about uh, at the end of the year uh, called... Um, uh, Veterans Affairs Life Insurance or VA Life and we thought it was pretty interesting uh, because it'll be open to all veterans 80 years or younger who have a disability rating of 0 to 100% and yeah. and uh, so again when you talk life insurance you're often talking about having to have a medical exam done but if you're on a dis- if you have a disability rating, yeah, you know, you're not going to do so good on the medical exam. So talk you. I know you've looked at this some. Tell us what you've been able to de- determine that this new uh, VA life insurance benefit is going to be about. Yeah, absolutely. So so in in my side of this, I would call this end of life planning a pl- end of life planning policy because it's only going to be ten thousand to forty thousand. Um, so ten to forty thousand isn't going to send your kids to college, but it can you know, it can take care of your end of life expenses. So your funeral, your uh, burial plot or whatever your plans are for after you pass away. Um, so that is great. That's it's, like I said, your, your family's not going to, you know, survive off of this, but they're also not going to be in debt after you pass away, which is, which is a great level of, of, of life insurance to have. Um, it's affordable um, and it's uh, guaranteed acceptance, like you were saying. So there's no medical, there's no background. It's just, you know, you pay your premium, you're going to come in at a, at a specific age and they're going to, that's going to be a whole life policy. So that policy is not going to get more expensive every year. It's just going to stay the same. So I think I want to, I want to say it was $11 if you were uh, 18 years old and you had $10,000 of, of whole life insurance. It was $11 a month and that's $11 a month for the rest of your life. Um, so it's, it's a good policy. And like I said, it's end of life policy. Um, so let's then, let's talk about you keep refer you use the term whole life for those of us who don't work in the field every day <laughs> explain what whole life is versus say term so term life insurance is going to have a set start and set end date so if you have a 10-year term from today you'd have uh from what's today this 17th you know let's say let's say it's the 17th of july uh, 2022 
and we're going to go 10-year term, so you're going to have 17th of July 2032, that policy will end. Uh, and you won't retain any value from it after it expires, but you'll have the life benefit during those 10 years. Um, and then there's also 20 and 30 and, and, you know, there's all different kinds of term lengths, but term life insurance is essentially means it starts the day that the policy starts and it ends at a specific date in the future. Um, whole life insurance is going to mean, oh, and the rates don't change for term either. So those stay the same. The monthly is always the same. It never goes up as you get older. Uh, whole life insurance, same thing. Rates don't change over time. Uh, they stay the same as they were the day one. And whole life insurance means that it starts on the day the policy starts, and it doesn't. The end date is when you pass away. So that's your entire life is encompassed in that policy. It will never cancel. It will never end unless the premiums aren't paid. So you'd expect an army guy to be able to talk plain English, and he does. So that's, when I reached out and said, I need a veteran to talk about this who's in the insurance business, I was directed to Brett. Brett, thanks. That explains whole life in term, and I think we all get it. Is it, is it your experience by looking at VA life, uh, this end-of-life kind of policy, that's going to come available at the beginning of January uh, 2023? I would expect the premiums to be um, fair, good, maybe even better than market rates if the government's offering it, if the VA is offering it. But I guess I want to check my assumptions. Uh, uh, do you have a reaction to that? They are, for the, who they're offering them for, so they're for disabled individuals, people that have some type of disability through the VA, um, they aren't bad. Um, I know with Farm Bureau, the, the whole life that I sell is, is, or term life insurance and whole life insurance I sell, um, I don't go down to 40, but if you were to do a 40, it would probably be pretty close to that, um, depending on how old you are, obviously. Um, the rates change every, you know, five or so years um, as you get older. Uh, and with, with regard to when you start the policy. So if you're 20, the rates are going to be lower than if you started when you're 30. Um, but they're, they're pretty comparable. I would say the private sector's probably got a, a win on that side just because they, um, they're more honed in on the actual life insurance. So they're checking, um, you know, ratings. They're, they're moving their, you know, field goal posts, as we like to say, kind of. Uh, they're moving the goal every once in a while to fit what uh, clients are actually coming to them with. So if they're having less claims or more claims, the rates will change a little bit. Well, um, as, as we said at the VA policy, yeah, right? as we said it a minute ago, here there's no medical exam, so those right, nervous right. about, hey, I may not be able to qualify in the private sector because of my issues. This gives you an option that takes that away. But let me ask you this: in the insurance world, can I can I stack policies? So yeah, hey, I I'm finally getting into some planning and. $40,000 doesn't cover a lot, but it's a good thing to have. And maybe I ought to put something on top of that that will now help me, you know, put the grandson uh, to, to college or buy his first house. Are you allowed to stack insurance policies? Absolutely. Um, so I myself have uh, VGLI um, because it's, I got it um, with, through the VA. I got it right when I, got, I transitioned from a uh, soldier's group life insurance to the veteran's group life insurance. So that, I would say, I wanted to point that out, actually, as we were talking, that if you are currently in and you're transitioning out soon, 
make sure you get that uh, VGLI started right away when the first, I think it's the first 240 days you have uh, after you get out to do non-medical automatic enrollment in veterans group life insurance. Um, so, so let's let, let, yeah, let's, let's um, stop there and really hit that uh, drum hard because um, you're, when you're in the service, you've got some service group life insurance available to you. Yes. Yep. You also, you may not realize it, have some traumatic injury protection uh, TSGLI uh, insurance should you have that kind of injury. Mm-hmm. But you have this ability as you get out of service to transition to veterans group life insurance and they bring you right on over, and that's that's pretty good insurance too at a good rate. And as you say, it's it's sort of the base on which you're stacking other things, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's an exceptional. I think uh, from it's theirs is group life insurance, so you're grouped by age bracket, and it's every five years. Um, and I, I I'm pretty open with mine. I talk about it with my clients all the time. Uh, I have a four hundred thousand dollar option through them, and it's like four hundred and forty dollars a year, I think, uh, which is phenomenal coverage uh for 440 dollars um and then i on top of that i stack through my foot through farm bureau i have some term life insurance i have whole life insurance on myself uh, but my children have a whole life policies and my wife as well so we you know you, you can really stack as many policies as you want through multiple different uh through multiple different agencies so we talked about service members group life insurance. We've talked about veterans group uh, life insurance. That veterans group life insurance you have to apply for within one year and 120 days of leaving service, as as uh, Brett mentioned. Um, there's also, which I didn't know until I started doing some research, that uh, there's a service disabled veterans life insurance for veterans of any level of service connected disability ratings but you have to apply for that within two years of getting rated. I didn't know that. Um, so we want to point that out to our veteran radio listeners. Brett Fenley, do, do, do you know anything about uh, the Service Disabled Veterans Life Insurance Program? I do. It's a $10,000 of coverage. Uh, so the, that, that's going to offer you two, uh, $10,000 of coverage, which I think I'm pretty sure, like I said, I, I haven't dug too deeply into both of these. I think you can stack all three of these things together um, unless the VA, there was some talk about the VA life taking over some of these, these other ones and they'd phase out the old, old products and just do the VA life. Um, but as of right now with the, with this, um, this policy, you can do the 10,000. And then you had asked me uh, in, in a, when we spoke earlier about if, if rating changes would, would affect any of the uh, value. Um, it won't because it's the max is 10,000. So if you're rated to, if you're eligible to get this policy, you are, it doesn't matter if it goes up or down, the ratings don't change your eligibility. Well, that's good, good to know because people do sometimes start at 0% and then 10 and then 30 and then 70. Uh, if things are going the wrong way, your, your rating's going up if your disability is going up and we all wish we didn't have to have any rating. Uh, we, we wish we didn't have the disability. So it's an interesting set of options, uh, VA life insurance options that people don't know a lot about. Um, if they want to know more about this, um, somewhere I had the, and maybe you have it in front of you, Brett, what's the VA website for, for this? 
Oh, uh, va.gov slash insurance, I believe is the, is the correct. And, and the one I have in front of me, which might be slightly different, is va.gov forward slash life hyphen insurance. So I think that hyphen probably plays into this. So, And you can go there and check out the different types of insurance and, and if you're eligible for them and, you know, they've got a frequently asked questions uh, thing and all of that, which you would expect. Brett, what you, – you, this is reaching back in your memory somewhere because you yeah. undoubtedly know this number, but it's not on the tip of your tongue maybe. What percentage of people – Adults, you know, actually carry life insurance. Uh, it's a lot lower than you'd expect it to be. Um, the number I, I've heard, um, and this is not including people that have group life insurance through like through their jobs, um, because a lot of people have, oh, I have life insurance at work is what they'll tell me. And then my first question to them is always, um, well, do you take it with you if you retire or if you quit? And then they always say, well, I don't know. Well, the majority of it is no, because it's a group life insurance. So you're only eligible as long as you're a member of the group. Um, I want to say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 35 to 40% is the number I've seen in the past, um, which is which is good, which is a high number, higher than some might think, but much lower than when you start to think about how many the other 60, 60 plus percent that don't have it um, and you know really do need it. Even if it is just, like I said, end of life planning, um, so that you're not leaving a debt behind for your family. Yeah, if it does nothing more than cover funeral expenses, you're, you're ahead of the game. Um, sure. Your your family's not using up their money or their assets, and in in your estate, if you have uh, leaving a little something behind, isn't getting chewed up by paying for the funeral. And we as veterans know we have a lot of funeral uh, benefits, burial benefits because of our service at national cemeteries and, and at private cemeteries as well with, uh, with uh, you know, military funerals and all that. But there's still a cost to all this. So it really makes a lot of sense to think about, do some planning. Think about what uh, sort of life insurance options you should maybe have for whether you want to call it end of life but then as uh, uh, our expert here, um, Army Sergeant Brett Fenley of the Fenley Insurance Group tells us, hey, you can stack this. If you, if you get on this train and say, well, this is a good start, but I need to do more, who should they talk to, Brett? Who, you know, around the country, where, where do folks talk to to get a little more education and maybe look at what their options are? Um, well, I mean, if you're here in Michigan, uh, you're probably welcome to give me a call. Um, if you're not in Michigan or if you're, if you, you know, the, the best person to call is whoever does your home and auto insurance already. Um, so whoever does your home and auto insurance already can probably point you in the direction of a, if they don't sell life insurance, they probably know someone that they trust and they refer to. Um, so I would always go with someone you trust, um, or someone that you, so I assume, I assume you would trust your home and auto person now if they're doing your home and auto insurance. So someone you trust or, uh, you know, just go online and search because there's always, there's always places you can find, uh, that will, um, you'll be able to tell it's by their reviews or by their history, you know, who they are. I would always go, I'm, I'm kind of biased, I think, cause I'm, I'm a smaller agent, uh, or smaller agency, you know, we're farm bureau is not a very big company. Um, it's big, but it's not, you know, we're not across the nation. We're only in Michigan. Um, so I always feel like if you go to the, your local, you know, insurance agency, a place where you can walk in and talk to the agent, 
that person is going to be able to, to direct you where you need to go. Well, I agree. It's always great to talk and get face to face with somebody. And trust is the most important element of that because you really need their expertise to help you understand the right types of insurance. And, and as we've talked about how to stack it and maybe how to use uh, some of your VA life insurance options may be a good, good place to start. And you want somebody honest enough to tell you, hey, that's a good thing to do. Do that and we'll work on building on it. Brett, thanks for spending some time here today with Veterans Radio to talk about the upcoming new new program, uh, VA Life, that starts uh, at the end of the year, and just about uh, insurance that veterans and their family members ought to be thinking about uh, in general. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jim. I really appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to maybe talking to you in the future. You, you got it, Brett. Thank you very much. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Veterans Radio today. I am Jim Fossone. It's been a pleasure to be your host. I'm a veterans disability lawyer at Legal Help for Veterans, and you can reach us at 800-693-4800 or legalhelpforveterans.com on the web. You can follow Veterans Radio on Facebook and listen to its podcasts and Internet radio shows by going to veteransradio.net. And until next time, you are dismissed. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. We again want to thank our national sponsors, the National Veterans Business Development Council, nvbdc.org, VA Ann Arbor Health Care System, the Vietnam Veterans of America, Charles S. Kettles Chapter, Ann Arbor, Michigan. VFW Graf O'Hara Post 423 in Ann Arbor. And the American Legion Press Corn Post 46, also in Ann Arbor. And the Veterans Lending Council, which advises lenders, realtors, buyers about VA Home Loan Program, and you can find them on Facebook. We appreciate all your support. You can go to veteransradio.net, click on the sponsor level, and continue to support keeping Veterans Radio on the air. And until next time, you are dismissed.